0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe.
0: What's going on, hockey fans? Welcome back to Casing the League on Believe Network that brings you top topics of the nhl hot topics of the nhl and once we're in the swing of season which is oh so close we will be bringing you those best bets for top games around the league i'm joined by good friend um brian hedger columbus dispatch beat writer he's done a lot in the nhl and we had so much fun talking about the columbus blue jackets last time that we just figured let's talk about the league and the columbus blue jackets because they are a hot topic I have had to go to bat and have some arguments on behalf of my dear friend to say that the Columbus Blue Jackets should not be disrespected or counted out. But if you guys have not been with us before, uh, be sure to follow over at Casing the League or at the Sports Case. That's K-A-S-E. We took a small little break to go with the rhythm of offseason, but we missed hockey so much. We decided to start 54 days early because why not? There's plenty to talk about from trades to retirements to is the Atlantic the best division in the league or is the central or is the metropolitan, which I get made fun of. We're going to discuss all of that here now with special guest, Brian Hedger. Brian, how are you? Thank you once again for joining me on case in the league.
1: Thanks for having me back, Casey. I appreciate it. Um, okay. You know, before, before we get going though, um, <laughs> I have to, I have to like go back. I'm, I'm getting in the time machine and I'm going back to the last, to the first and only appearance before this one on um, case in the league and I was not fully prepared for the music question. Um, yeah. Where it was like, wait, if, if you could pick a song that would describe uh, the Blue Jacket season, I believe was the question. And mm-hmm. I thought I picked a decent one. I, I think I went with uh, uh, Sticking It to the Man or Stick It to the Man from uh, uh, the what was the musical uh, School of Rock. So yes, you
0: did. did. I did.
1: <laughs> And I stick with that. But then, as soon as we got done talking that day, I started. I, I did one of those. Oh, like I, I, totally. And it was the the song would be Bummerland from Whoa. yeah. And when you think of the the lyrics, you know, um, it they, they kind of fit with the Blue Jackets from last year because <laughs> the whole season was basically Bummerland. And uh, but you're you're looking. You're looking ahead, and and they're hoping that things are a little bit better next year.
0: So I'm glad you brought this back up because, of course, uh, I will find a way to incorporate music into further interviews heading into the season. Bummer Lane, I think, is a great one, and for a number of reasons because of how the season turned out, obviously. But just the bummer list of injuries that you guys had, it mm. was just it was never ending the minute that you started to get things gelling. It was like so and so was, you know, out tonight or out for the next four to six weeks. And then it was just like, you can't catch a break. And you no. can only say that about a handful of teams where it was significantly impactful. Right. But um, since I feel like I feel like the screws are going now and, and the music juice is flowing. Can you give me a song mm. in equivalence to the anticipation or excitement mm. for the upcoming season? I'm putting you on the spot.
1: You are putting me on the spot on this one. Um, <laughs> this could be that this you, there may be editing that is required on this. Like, you know. um,
0: we, we put it all on the line here, Casey. You know what?
1: I, I, I'll, it'll take me two seconds. I'm gonna have to go through my music assortment here on my phone, and <laughs> and I will find one really quick. And it's gonna be a good one because last time I didn't take the time to do this. And we're just gonna scroll through. Uh, so like the excitement for you know what um well i already did school of rock last time it is one of my favorite musicals i have to say you know like uh, with the music and the in the jack black and all that stuff
0: jack black is it for me
1: he's the best (laughs) um so let's see here let's let's look um could go body moving uh it's a little too upbeat um i have
0: i have one that i can pitch as an idea
1: yeah, why don't you throw one out here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little a uh, little investigating in here. Oh wait, wait, wait. Okay, go ahead. You go for it.
0: What about a little three eleven? Don't tread on me.
1: Ooh, I, I do like I do like that, and that's you know what? There's not a lot of three eleven references. Out, no. No. You know? Yeah. There's People not. Well, I
0: think it's. Love song and and Amber is your energy. No, there's a lot more to 311 and, and significance to how you can kind of interlude their music into moments. But I think "Don't Tread on Me" is very fitting for what the Blue Jackets probably want to say to NHL fans.
1: Mm-hmm. I I like to think that like uh, so they they don't do this as much anymore. But uh, when Elvis Merzlikos was a rookie, uh, for victories they used to play an Elvis. Presley song at the end called "A Little Less Conversation," and oh my was, gosh,
0: I love that song. <laughs> uh, "A Little Less
1: Conversation," a little more action, and yeah, you know, and you you know the the how it starts, <laughs> and so like it's the perfect uh, note uh, for a victory, right? So like as soon as yeah. they win, it was it was perfect. I hope they start doing it again, to be honest with you, because like they win. You get the uh the long horn you know the uh from the scoreboard, and then you get a cannon blast which nobody remembers if you're not you know a local and then there's confetti and like all this other stuff that comes down and then it's like dum, dum, dum. <laughs> then it, then it start walking out you know like like you know, listening to Elvis little less conversation so I'll go with that one for this uh for this year that with the optimism little that's less a good one too little more action blue jackets you need a little more
0: oh i love that we're gonna have to we're gonna have to loop that one a couple of times because i think it'll be also very fitting for this team but before we jump into why the blue jackets probably deserve a little bit more respect on their name we've got to talk about some of this off-season commotion you know once the season finally wraps up after the stanley cup final then You've got the anticipation of the draft. And once the draft chaos wraps up, then you've got the free agency frenzy. And this year it was a frenzy because half of us couldn't even get the information out on time. But which NHL team jumps to to top of mind when it comes to winning the offseason? I know that as of probably top of July, even mid-July, there was one team that was the front front runner. Nobody could say anything outside of this team. But I feel like after some of the trade moves that have been made, there might be another team that jumps to the top. Uh, can you give me your top team in the offseason?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, first, I'm going to have to put on my, uh, my thinking cap. Thinking cap? <laughs> my Montreal Expos thinking cap, straight from Montreal. I got this in Montreal. So there we go. Vintage. Uh, vintage. Yeah. I got to make sure it's all straight and all that good stuff. Um, listen. Uh, you're right about the uh, the offseason especially July 1st was kind of crazy. It was just like one signing after another and they were kind of interesting deals because they were there were a lot of Well first of all it wasn't like the most highly anticipated draft class or like uh, free agent class that yeah. was out there, right? Like it was it was kind of just a bunch of solid guys out there that that solid plug and play options for your lineup that are going to, you know, the guys you need, but they aren't going to be like, oh my God, Johnny Gaudreau's out there. You know, there really wasn't that. So yeah. you you saw a bunch of one and two year deals, you know, handed out in rapid fire section or, you know, uh, fashion throughout the league. And it was hard to keep up with it all. Be honest with you, and it was interesting. I've spent the better portion of today actually really kind of reviewing all the stuff that happened, uh, and it's it's hard to keep up with a lot of it. Um, it because like certain teams, if you go to you know, like most of the league did something right, yeah, uh, in free agency or adding in trades and that kind of thing, and so a lot of it was you know, a, a move here and a move there. And you thought, oh, that's pretty good. That's not bad. Like, but a lot of teams basically stayed the same and they just kind of added maybe a piece here and there. Now there mm-hmm. were a couple of teams that did a lot, right? And I think the Pittsburgh Penguins are one of those teams that did a lot. And this mm-hmm. is going to be, this is, I mean, right right from hiring a new president of hockey operations slash GM. unquote
0: GM, yes.
1: Whatever, you know, like a week after he, he was released for, uh, by the Maple Leafs, uh Kyle Dubas, he's he like who didn't see that coming too, right? Like yeah. I mean he is perfectly he's exactly what uh you know Fenway Sports Group is looking for, the numbers yeah. cruncher, the like the kind of the, the younger aggressive, you know, you know, executive or whatever. So a hundred percent. But it's interesting though, because he comes in and what a situation they have in Pittsburgh, right? Like you still have Sidney Crosby, who is still one of the best players in the league, but he's getting older. You mm-hmm. still have Evgeny Malkin there, uh, who's still one of the best players in the league, but he's getting older. Like like there's a there's a theme and a trend here with this team, and that is they're getting older. Like we've been yeah. saying for two or three years now. So if, like for Dubas to come in, he had he had a couple options, right? One was to sit Crosby and Melkin down in a room and be like, "Where do you want me to trade you boys? Because we're blowing it all up, and you're not going to be part of it because I know you want to win, and it ain't going to be here." That was option one, and he just never <laughs> even. So the only other option is is option two is to try and make what you already have better, and try and just ride this window out. However long it may last, right? And so I feel like that's what they did here. They, with the trade to get Eric Carlson on the back end, uh, he had 100 points last year as a defenseman for the uh, the Sharks. Didn't play a whole lot of defense. But, it, you know, it's kind of like having a, a fourth forward, a very good one, on the ice it's, yep. like playing, it's almost like playing to be honest with you it's it's almost like playing one defenseman and four forwards you know Absolutely. And, that, and that can work if you can if you can control the puck and he's also going to make their their power play even better than it already is uh when you have Sidney Crosby in in all those options they have um yeah Gensel is there and then they also yeah. picked up uh in a trade uh, Riley Smith you yes. know fresh off the Stanley cup, you know, and it's like, he goes right. He slots right into their top six. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you look at their team and you're like, that's a lot of names I recognize there. And not only that, they're good players, but they're all like North of 30. And uh, now the one, I think that's the exception to this is Ryan Graves, uh, who is the, they they picked him up from a free agent uh, signing, from the New Jersey Devils. Uh, I think he's a really good defenseman. I think they're going to play him. I think they're going to play him opposite of Letang uh, on the on the top pairing. And then you're going to have Carlson. And um, I can't remember who exactly else. There's another veteran. Oh, uh, it's Peterson, I think, Marcus Peterson on mm-hmm. the second pairing. So they've done a lot. Now, they still have Tristan Yari and I think Tristan Yari and goal and Tr- Tristan Yari has had moments where he's been really good. But he's also had moments where he's been really not so pretty good bad. And yeah. also <laughs> also injury prone. So, you know, that I feel like as I went through all the teams that today, there's really there a lot of them are like almost all are kind of similar in that you have some that are really good in one area and really good. Like, I don't see the one team. that's like, oh, that's for sure Stanley. I mean, everyone's pointing. To, yeah, everyone's pointing to the Colorado Avalanche right now. But even they have their Achilles heel. I mean, they they just they they have some weak spots here. They're, like, they're bottom six. You know mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I'm gonna go. Uh, if, you, if you want, I like, think the question was which team won the off season. I,
0: I, if you had to choose one.
1: See that's the whole thing. You have to choose one, and I, <laughs> I, I thought about it. And I'm like, I'm just gonna tell Casey that nobody won the offseason. Then it, it's a bunch oh. of yeah,
0: but
1: yeah, uh, <laughs> but but that's not the case. I think there were multiple winners. Like the Penguins were one. It, like it depends on your def- definition. So if you're a Penguins fan and, and you want this team to 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 do exactly what they're trying to do and ride the thing out and try and get another cup out of Crosby and them. I think that they won in in the term, um, in the sense that they got done what they wanted to do. Uh, okay. So I think that's a winner. Um, I think I like the Ottawa Senators. Uh, I think what they did was really, I mean, I know they had to trade to bring it and everyone focuses on that.
0: A little freaked out, Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. However, uh, there is a however there, and I believe I like I like uh, Kubelik. Dominic League I think that he's a solid, mm-hmm. underrated player. Um, and they also went out and they they made up for it by signing to a one-year contract on a prove-it deal, not really a prove-it deal because he's a veteran. But they but they got Tarasenko, you know, yeah. like if, if Tarasenko can play anywhere close to his ability, and he's only thirty-one, yeah, I believe, um, you know. That's a that's quite an addition to a team that's already got some young centers and young four. I mean, and I love their defense. Like their defense is really young, and they also were one of the few teams that signed a, um like a goalie that I think is really good. I mean, Jonas Corposalo, Obviously, I might be a little biased because he was in Columbus. Um, well. just a little, just a little. <laughs> I think cap off now. Maybe I'll put it backward now. Um, <laughs> But you know what? They got Corpusalo, and so they had already had uh, Anton Forsberg, and so there's a, there's your one-two in goal. And I think that mm-hmm. if Corpusalo can play like he did last year for Columbus, and for the most part the Kings until the the whole world crumbled around him because he was facing you know Dreisaitl and and McDavid in the playoffs, but <laughs> which that'll happen to you occasionally. Um, you know, but, but like if he can just play up to his ability, like he did last year behind that defense, and then they, I, I do think they have enough offense. They're a team to watch, I think. And I think that they, they made, they kind of made under the radar offseason changes that they needed to make to kind of take that next step, um, you know, to, to be in a, a playoff contender, like a legitimate. Yeah. So yeah. I like them, and I am gonna go. This is homerish, I know. The last one I will mention in this category is the Blue Jackets, and the I'm reason. Glad is, you did. Well, the reason is, um, this is a team that gave up three hundred and thirty goals last year, right? And how do you rebound from giving up three hundred and thirty goals? And they didn't change their goalies. Like they, they still have Elvis, and they, they, are still gonna have Nail Tarasov, the rookie. Uh, well, you do that by by strengthening the defense core by getting going out with two trades. Um, and they got um, uh, Ivan Provorov uh, on one, and then they um, uh, ended up getting Severson, uh, Damon Severson, like three days yes. later. So those guys are both in their prime. They're both experienced. They're both big, you know, strong defensemen who can like keep the puck away and, and be real predictable. So that helps your defense immediately. They're also getting Zach Berensky back from his injury. That helps as well. And then, I mean, all of that's going to help Elvis, you know, as he tries to rebound next year. Um, But then, like, on the bench, uh, they made a coaching change, and they brought in a guy who's won 700 games. Now, people have their opinions about Mike Babcock as far as his coaching style and, uh, you know, is he going to rub people the wrong way? And And those are all fair you know criticisms uh from his his coaching journey but at the root of it he has won 700 nhl games he has won the stanley cup he has won a gold medal twice he's you know like just every everything you can think of to win the guy has he's won he's done it and it's not just because i hear a lot and i think it's fair to say you know well yeah he won it with like a bunch of great players and this and that and that is all true But you have to get those good, great players to be able to play, a and b. Everything I've heard about the guy is that, and and I know from watching him coach, he's one of the best, uh, most prepared coaches on a Mm game-to-game outing basis. From you know his system, you know all that. So you get you got you improved the defense and you improved the coaching staff as far as getting a, a more experienced guy in there. Who is going to be more predictable? Have a more predictable system. So I think that they can um, limit their goals quite a bit from last year, and that could seriously, you know, I don't want to say they're going to be a playoff team. that that's a that's a stretch, but I think they're going to be a lot better than they were what you saw last year. As long as they can stay healthy and they can stick to that. So from that aspect, and and at the draft, they did get lucky, and they ended up getting Adam Fantilli. They so, did. And that's yeah, the guy that that's a guy that they needed. Um, honestly, in my opinion, they would have been perfectly fine getting Leo Carlson as well. I like both of those prospects. I think they're both going to be superstars in the league, or, or star, you know, top center type guys. Um, but they got Fantilli, and that was that was a guy that they've they've literally never had that guy here. Closest thing you could really say is maybe you know um, uh, Ryan Johansson when he was younger. Uh, he was here, and he had a couple of years in the, the, before they traded him to Nashville, and uh, and Dubois. But I would say that that Fantilli comes in with more hype than maybe either yep. one of those guys, uh, and so people are excited about that. So, and the last move, they also got they also are bringing in one of their other draft picks from uh, Russia, um, he, um, Varankov, uh Dmitry Vronkov. and he's he's a. Big, like he can play center. He's kind of snarly. He's good, perfect for the third line. He's got a little bit of skill. So, like, and Texier, Alexander Texier is coming back. So, like, we mm-hmm. like they didn't go out and make the big splashy uh, acquisition, like, like like Johnny Gaudreau last year. But they made a number of of other ones that I think could have a pretty big impact. So, I think they're a winner as well. Um, but overall, we're going Pens in that one.
0: I got gotcha. you. Well, you mentioned something very important here. It's the plug and play method that seems to be the theme going into this upcoming season. It's not like the flashy mood ha- move had to be made, but it was just the right move to help get certain teams to the next peg. There were so many close but no cigar movements that happened. I can speak truly to that for my team specifically, but the Tampa Bay Lightning, the little tweaks and things that they needed to make happen so that they could get to that next peg and, you know, have a longer run in the season. What I like about your list there though, is we'll circle back to the Penguins in a minute. Cause I feel like there's a little bit more to talk about there, but the senators, I felt like once they did lose Alex, then it was like, okay, that may have hurt them, and then they get Tarasenko, which we saw that Tarasenko, it doesn't matter what jersey he's in, he can still make an impact and a difference. He's such a skilled player, and when you say plug and play, Tarasenko's one of those guys, so put him on mm-hmm. the right line, let him throw anybody on his back and make moves happen. So I'll give the Senators a lot more credit as to kind of what they'll bring to the table in this upcoming season. But what I love the most is that there's a conversation here of where Alex went and certain other players that speaks to my top offseason team, which is a tear between the penguins, the devils and the red wings. I feel like the red wings are going to end up being a bit of a dark horse here because when it comes to plug and play, we saw how much more competitive they got their new head coach directly from Tampa Bay lightning is extremely strategic he's got a great hockey iq on him saw him work as an assistant coach in tampa bay and then saw what you know moves that he made and and changes that he would make in the game to help keep his team you know competing and having an edge there as long as they can protect their net the red wings are going to be kind of scary they already have dylan larkin they add jt copper to the mix who you know let's not forget what he was and the significant plays that he had for the avalanche that was a big loss for the avalanche then you add you know Alex Debrecat to the next and a few other guys, I feel like the Red Wings have set themselves up to be the dark horse heading into this season. So if I had to pick an off-season winner that's going to sneak up on everyone, I don't know why it's killing me to say it, but I think it would be the Red Wings, then taking us back to the Penguins conversation. Uh, of course, once news like that breaks, you get all the information, all the tweets, all the opinions, and some of the opinions that were surprisingly swinging into me was overrated move. Now, this is a guy that just put up 101 points, and they feel like because he, as a defenseman, probably doesn't play as much defense, that he's not going to be an impactful player for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I found that to be kind of a loose opinion there, because you're still talking about someone who, it's not like if he doesn't play defense, he's only contributing 30% of offense. No, you're talking about somebody who still had 25 goals. And the number that stands out to me the most is the 73 takeaways. So even if if he's not putting the puck in the back of the net, he's helping his teammates do so by keeping his team in possession of the puck. And then you've got legends. You name them. Well, legends know how to take a manipulated puck and make something happen. More importantly, magic happens. So you've got a guy who can create takeaways. You also have a guy who's always jumping in on the rush, creating rushes of his own. I think he had about 48 this season. And then loves to pick people's pockets, loves to create turnovers and takeaways. And then on top of that, can score. And he has out of, well, how many assists did he have? Out of 76 assists on the season, 29 of all- those were first assists. So it's is just like—is is that all? Is that all? <laughs> Are you done yet, Casey? No, 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 no. Is that?
1: No, I mean, is that all? Like seventy-five assists? Like really? Wow, you That's know.
0: That's it. Yeah, NBD. Not a not a big deal whatsoever. You know, guys yeah. get that every single year. But it's I. It was mind blown to see some people try to discredit this move. Maybe because it's Kyle Dubas at the helm here, uh, making the moves and the magic happen. But GM or president, whatever title he wants aside, this is huge for the Pittsburgh Penguins because he's going to be setting up some of the best of the best. And if he feels like he doesn't have to put the team on his back, which is what he had to do with the San Jose Sharks, then yeah, maybe he will play a little bit more defense. Or as you said, a fourth forward that can contribute this much offense, he might not have to worry about much. But my bigger concern is the fact that this team I want to say halfway through the season, the Penguins were sitting at about like 3.28 goals for per game, and they were doing decent protecting their net. Then some of their defensemen started to get hurt. Um, I know Oliver – I'm probably going to split your name. Pierre Oliver.
1: Oh, uh, and, Joseph. Pierre Joseph. Yes.
0: There yeah. you go. Thank you. Um, and then, of course, we know Chris Letang had his fair share of issues this year. I mean, the guy bounced back from a stroke and started playing hockey again, which is mind-blowing to me. But Not what was happening – was- It's
1: it's just—it's crazy. He's done it before. It's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, it's so crazy. But it just tells you about, like, you know, their defensive pairings kind of took a bit of a beating here, which left their goalie out to dry a little bit. But if they clean up stuff like that, and I think Eric Carlson can help in that category, regardless, if those guys remain healthy, and I'm sure Latang's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder. We're talking about a team that can compete. They close out the season averaging 3.18 goals per game. It's just the fact that they started letting up, you know how many goals that they were allowing in the back of their own net. So, is the hype real behind Eric Carlson? All that to ask that question.
1: Yeah. Well, they they only missed the playoffs by one point, too. I believe a So hair
0: on their chinny chin chin.
1: Right. You know, <laughs> so they, there should be no lack of motivation in Pittsburgh this year
0: absolutely and as you mentioned ryle Car- i mean riley smith coming from you know lifting and hoisting the stanley cup himself i feel like there was i was so impressed with him and i did a lot of best bets for him because of how well he was a conductor for his team how well he set his team up for success and he didn't get as much uh praise as i thought that he would but mm-hmm. i think they'll see it now that he's wearing a different jersey um sad he's not a misfit but We'll go from there. So you had your list. Um, I had my semi list as well. But the top okay. conversations have revolved around the Penguins, Hurricanes, Blackhawks, of course, Red Wings, and the Devils. Which of these teams made the scariest strides this offseason in order to be more competitive?
1: So, and that's
0: including extensions, trades, drafts, yes. all of the above.
1: Um, well, I mean, are you talking about just for this season?
0: Yeah. Just for the okay.
1: season. So I'm not I, like I, I want to look at it the we just talked about the penguins a lot. I, I think I think the penguins for this season are they're right up there in this conversation. Uh but the team that I initially picked for this one was uh the Hurricanes because they didn't make a ton of moves because they don't need to make a ton of moves but mm-hmm. Tom Waddell the uh the GM there I, I have to give them credit. Like they don't win a whole lot in the playoffs. I mean, as far as they haven't done what they wanted to do, they haven't gotten to the point, they haven't won the cup. Um, but every team, when you get to that point, there's a window, right? Like so There's a window of, of opportunity that it doesn't stay open forever. And you mm-hmm. have to know how, how wide the window is open and how long it's going to stay open before, you know, you don't have a shot anymore, and I think you, that 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 principle also does apply to the Penguins. That's why they went out and got Carlson and all those guys because they're trying to they're trying to crack the window back open a little bit, you know, more. But for the Hurricanes, I feel like it's still. I mean, Aho' his prime. Um, yes. the, the defense, their defense is ridiculous. It's it's unbelievable, and that's before they added Dmitry Orloff. Who's gonna play like left point on the third defense pairing? Good luck getting through the, the Hurricanes this year. You know, like you know, howie. Like, every every pairing that they roll out is gonna have a plus defender on it, who's who's also a two way, you know, type of guy who, who can also burn you offensively. Um, mm-hmm. They have their goalie in Frederick Anderson. Um, if he can stay healthy, that's obviously the big if for them. Um, Antti Ranta's a fine backup. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you have you have Jarvis, you have you know Aho, and then they you know they it just they ended up uh, who did they end up getting? Um, hold on, Michael Bunting
0: from Toronto.
1: That's what it was, yeah. So, cause, well, because Bunting was then replaced in Toronto. Um Domi uh, Ber- Bertuzzi. I feel like oh, Bertu- you- Bertuzzi is going to be the guy that that ultimately really replaces Bunting. They did get Domi in in Toronto as well. Um, yeah. But Bunting, like if you're <laughs> Michael Bunting, how in, like how fun must this be, right? Like so you go from playing with uh, Austin Matthews and and Mitch Marner, and now you're gonna have Sebastian Aho and Seth Jarvis. Like not a bad deal if he's if he plays up there on the on the top line because you know you're gonna clean up a lot of loose change. So I think yeah, Bunting's a pretty uh, pretty nice signing. Orloff's a nice signing um they ended up bringing back d'angelo for you know uh not a whole lot of money and i think he's mm-hmm. actually a pretty good player when he's you know focused and driven and all that good stuff and he's on the third pairing with Orloff. i mean they don't like i said he's they're one of those teams they didn't have to do a lot but they did enough to catch my attention and be like tom what else is still swinging you know like yeah. he's He's been knocked down. He's, he's got two black eyes, but he still he keeps getting up and he just keeps swinging. He's rocky, you know, like, like he's just going to keep swinging until they until they you know knock the wall down, it feels like. So I feel like that, you know, of these teams for this offseason, I like what they did most. Um, the Penguins, I do like what they did. As we just mentioned, we just talked about it. They you know, they didn't bring in a lot of age. I mean they did they brought in yeah. age. They didn't bring a lot in a lot of youth, I should say. Um, right. So I do worry about the age factor a bit uh, with them. The Red Wings, I'm with you on the forward group. I think that they vastly improved the forward group by signing Comfort. Comfort is like like if you were to look at the Red Wings forward group as a puzzle, he was like a corner piece. You were missing a corner piece and he, like he slot, if he can handle the second line as a center it slots in perfectly because then Cop doesn't have to play second line center i think Cop is more of a third line center and a really good one so now mm-hmm. you're your your first three go you know Larkin Comfer, and Cop that's a pretty good you know top 3 center group in the NHL today and yes. you know, they have a nice forward group where I worry about with them is defensively. Like I love their top pairing with Cider and Jake Walman. Those guys are mm-hmm. legit. After that, I feel like it drops off quite a bit. Um, you know, bringing in uh Jeff Petri, or, you know Petrie. Uh, Petrie. Petri. I don't know how much uh you know more is Tread is left on the tires with him, you know, but I will say uh his I mean I, I oh man. I, Case, I'm old enough. Uh, I was a kid when he- it was dad? I, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, so, okay. I grew up in Detroit. Uh, I'm from Detroit area. And uh, so I grew up rooting for his dad, obviously, as a Detroit Tiger fan, and uh, watched him win the World Series and all that stuff. Then when I became a sports writer, however many years later, I was like 22 years old or whatever- And I'm working for the Battle Creek Inquirer newspaper in Battle Creek, Michigan Uh, as my first job out of MSU, Michigan State. Um, I'm covering like this. What was it? It was some elite travel baseball tournament that was like being held in uh, in Battle Creek. So I, I get there and all of a sudden I'm like, God, that guy looks familiar. It's Dan Petrie. He's like he's got a team, you know, and his son is on the team. And his son's really, really good. You know, he's like a great baseball player and everything. And I don't think – I wrote about, you know, Petrie coaching and all that kind of stuff. I don't think about it at, at all. And then all of a sudden, however many years later, I'm like, God, there's a Petrie playing for Michigan State, like in hockey. And I'm like – I'm looking it up. I'm like, oh, that's his son. And I'm like, what the – it was the same kid. So, like, I, I covered Jeff Petrie as a – Sense baseball. the youth – travel like elite youth travel baseball player in like the late nineties, uh which is kinda hilarious, you know. And then I ended up going on and and now here I am covering the NHL and here he is. And I'm talking about how he's old and there's not enough tread left on the tires, you know? (laughs) Well if he's old, I'm ancient. I'm absolutely (laughs) ancient. I'm I'm like I wouldn't be surprised if I start fading from your screen like you know by the,
0: yeah.
1: end of, by the end of this podcast but into dust you know or something like that but uh, I should you know get some dust dust it, dust it off but I you know and I yeah now, now that I think about it I've spent a lot of this podcast part, you know just po- talking about how 30 year olds are old uh very Thank you,
0: by the way <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Very strange for me. Very weird. Um, but yeah, I look at the, at the Red Wings and that's my big concern. I love the goalie, you know, Billy So I thought he did a great job last year. I, I really like adding the brinket, uh, as well, as you mentioned to that, uh, you know, the, the forward group. Um, I think if they can utilize their forwards and have them be more two way guys and, and kind of help mm-hmm. out then mainly by, by just, Dominating puck control or you know puck possession, you can play defense by playing offense. Then I could see them succeeding, but like I also have major concerns about the, the particularly the the second and third defense pairings. I, I just I think there's some uh, yellow if not red flags there for them. Um, that's why I picked the Hurricanes for this one. And then let who else we got the Blackhawks. It, it, it you, you can't I- get. But yeah, you can't get much better than Connor Bedard, right? Like they got exactly what they wanted, but for this year, I mean, it was nice picking up Taylor Hall. Uh, that's a and, you know, Nick Felino is super underrated. He'll be on the fourth line. I'm a
0: big fan of Nick Felino.
1: Yes. Well, I, I think it's, it's one of those deals where you got this young superstar and I think, I think he's pretty well motivated and driven on his own, but every young player needs a guy to kind of take them under the wing and and show Mm -hmm. them how things are done. And Nick Foligno is by far 100% that guy. And so like, that was a really smart pickup on their part. Uh, And then the devils uh, let's see the devils. They did do some, I mean, I I I they've largely stayed together, right? Yes. My my big concern about the devils is that I think they're going to be okay. Obviously jack or you got jack hughes and you got luke hughes uh who's going to be a full season rookie this year i love him he's a great defenseman but he's still a rookie and right. you know like you're you're replacing uh graves who we mentioned earlier going to pittsburgh uh who's in his prime and i think he's a pretty good defenseman or very solid, better than pretty good you know solid rock solid defenseman um and uh severson damon severson those yeah. Bill- those are, those were two big pieces of of their defensive picture last year and they're gone now. So you you do have to replace those guys. And I think that that's going to be a bit of a struggle for them. um, At least initially until, until some of the young guys really get their footing. But um, that's why I picked the Hurricanes. I think they're a team that they were already set and they were like, but now we need a few more things. And like, just, just to make sure. And they went out and got, you know, Orloff, and they go out and get bunting, and I, I think they're ready to roll.
0: Yes, and I'm glad, so you you illuminated two things that I think are very crucial here, aside from my Red Wings hype, which it's fine, I don't need them to get any better, to be honest, um, and the Devils is when it comes down to their D-zone, so you mentioned Severson and Graves being gone, that is very impactful, because I don't know where they actually made quality replacements there, and you're talking about two very offensively heavy teams here, but that was the Penguins problem last year. They were able to get goals in the back of the net. They weren't able to keep goals out of their net. So the Red Wings and the Devils might both be facing those issues. I know the conversation of the Devils winning the offseason was because of the extensions. You know, they've got Jack Hughes for seven-plus years, Timo Meyer seven-plus years. They've got all these guys. Um that are going to be Tofelino, like they've got all these pieces, but again, just very offensively strong where the Hurricanes were the top defense in the league. And I don't think they're being talked about enough. And I know some people were saying that, you know, some of their defensemen were more offensive defensemen. Of course, you got Brent Burns, who I think he averages almost seven pucks on net or shots on goal per game, which is just wild. But now you've got Orlov, who is such a difference maker for the Boston Bruins specifically, and now he's going to be able to do whatever they ask him to do for the Hurricanes. He can be a solid stay-at-home defenseman. He can play up if need be when tapped on the shoulder. But Michael Bunting was my biggest excitement. You know how many penalty minutes this guy had? To play, to now join the top defensive team in the NHL, he had 103 penalty minutes. 103. Right. This guy is not afraid to be physical, and he creates that bond instantly with his teammates, and then he becomes the ultimate protector, also sits in a 20-plus goal column, contributed, I think, about seven-plus power play goals, and that was if they are cleaning up their game bit by bit. It's the fact that they needed to make sure that there was consistent flow with getting offense going, but they're special teams wasn't the greatest. The Hurricanes would shoot themselves in the foot when it came to the power play. So now you've added these pieces that can also help get a power play going and being a lot more consistent. Michael Bunning is a part of that. He can pick up those power play goals and help in those power play assists. So I think the Hurricanes are the scariest team because they kind of, I don't want to say they rode under the radar, but let's talk about the fact that they get back um, Svechnikov. Hopefully at some point, you know, he's putting all of his subliminal messages out there of working and working the muscle and, and he looks good. So imagine him coming back right time of the year. It's a long season. He comes back in the second half of the season. It's not going to matter. He's going to to pick up where he left off. I truly believe. So I have to ask before we start talking about Stanley cup odds, and then let's focus on the blue jackets because we got to make sure they get their respect. We talk about the reverse curse. president's trophy reverse curse so we know that the boston bruins were riding the high they were breaking records they were so historic Ah, all the things then they get knocked out by the panthers which sucked for them well now you've got Creechie that retired you got Bergeron that retired you got the trades that were made they lost Orloff, they lost key pieces of Bertuzzi I mean I was hoping that if anything they would figure out how to hold on to him for dear life and they could not do it so the players that should have been prioritized to stay on their roster on top of the retirements that happened do you think this team has any chance of having a reverse curse kind of season
1: no <laughs> I'll be very, I'll be very blunt about that. No, Casey, I do, I... I do not. Not
0: at all. And, no. And,
1: and I have a lot of I have a lot of friends in Boston. I love Boston as a city. Uh, you know, Bruins are always good, right? They always are good, and I, I don't think they're gonna fall like right to the bottom of the stack right away. But my gosh, like you just mentioned it, you know, no Bergeron, uh, no Krejci. No, uh, who's the other wait. wait, wait. it was. Uh, oh, uh, Orlov Orlov. yeah, he's gone. Taylor uh,
0: first, Hall was a big playoff guy for them also. So. Taylor Tim Hall gone. Nick uh, Lino. Nick Lino gone.
1: Like basically like half of the starting lineup is gone from that team mm-hmm. that won the president's trophy. So I failed to see how, like, at least for this year, maybe, maybe in years down the line, uh, you know, the, the, Maybe this year is one of those years where these younger guys or whoever's going to try and replace those guys get more opportunity and they and they prove themselves. And then maybe next year we're talking about a different team and we like them a little more as far as on paper. But, like, golly, I, I don't think people um, – because I'm seeing this as well. Like, as far as the – you mentioned the, uh, like the Stanley Cup odds and stuff. Like, they're being mentioned mm-hmm. as a potential Stanley Cup champion. And I'm like, I don't see it. You know, like still I was,
0: pretty high. <laughs>
1: well, okay. I get it. You, you still have pasta, you know, and, and that's a pretty nice piece to to still have around. And, and your top line, you still have Marshawn. That's another really nice piece to still have around. I love Charlie Coyle, but I love Charlie mm-hmm. Coyle as a third line center. I think he's probably the best third line center. If not, or if he's not the best, he's among the top two or three in the league, but now you're asking him to be like a really good two. And, like, we just don't know whether he can do that. Maybe he can. He might be able to. I'm sure he thinks he can. Um, but we don't know that, right? And, like, Pavel Zaka, he's going to be your your Bergeron replacement? Like, I, I don't – he's a nice player. He's a good player. It's very – like, they weren't Big shoes just,
0: to fill, though. It's different. Yeah,
1: I think people are, are really underestimating. People who think that this team actually has a chance to win the cup I think they're really un- vastly underrating or underestimating how much Bergeron actually did for this team. Like when yes. you when you just boiled down the numbers of what he did even last year in what turned out to be his final NHL season, there's a reason I was like shocked that he was retiring because he was so good. He was like really really I mean he was one of the best players in the league last year. Uh, again, at an, at an increased age, upper thirties, and, mm-hmm. um, and like, you're not going to just replace that. You're going to have, it's going to be like Moneyball. We have to replace it in the aggregate, you know, or something. They're going to, they're going to go get, get guys who draw walks now or something. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> like in baseball, like they're, they're going to, whatever, they're going to find like some guy who's never played first base and put him there. I don't know. But like, it, <laughs> like you're going to have to replace Bergeron somehow and I don't see how they're doing it uh, with with what they have left behind, you know. Or and Krejci's another one. Krejci, super underrated talent. He was he yes. was a he was a legit second line center. Even last year, coming back from a year like he didn't play the year before in the NHL, came back and like didn't miss miss a beat. Basically, now they're both gone. So. Yeah, I, I really struggle. I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna say it. They, there's gonna be no there's gonna be no reverse curse. There's gonna be no Stanley Cup going to Beantown this year. I'm sorry, Boston <laughs> friends. Uh you know, it's it's time to start focusing on the future.
0: <laughs> I love the fact that you didn't sugarcoat it though, because I'm still in debates with, with Die Hard. And I get it. I would say the same thing for some of the people that are freaking out about the Tampa Bay Lightning right now, but I mean that's just a couple a handful of too many losses, in my opinion. Now, did one of these two retirements throw you for a loop? Did it surprise you at all?
1: Uh, Bergeron, for sure. You know, like Krejci, okay. I think Krejci was kind of angling toward it, and I think Bergeron probably was giving hints about it as well. But I, again, like I voted uh, last year for Bergeron for Selke, and I don't, I'm not ashamed of it because he he deserved it. I think he was the best two way guy. Uh, out there, best defensive center, um, you know, top center or whatever you want to say, out there. Um, and I think he could have kept going. I, I was a little surprised that that he didn't, uh, you know, come back and, and see if he could get crazy to come back one more time, maybe, maybe take one more swing at it. I mean, if they're going to do it in Pittsburgh, right, they're going to keep going, they going to keep playing until Sid's in a rocking So the chair. wheels
0: fall off. <laughs>
1: right. sits in a rocking chair that has skates on it or whatever, you know, like blades on it. Um, why not in Boston? So, but you know what? These guys are humans as well. And he's played virtually his whole, whole adult life hockey and it's a, not an easy sport to play in your body. Takes oh, you right. away from your family for the whole season all that kind of stuff. So those are all legit reasons. If, 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 and I'm sure those factored in. So, you know, <laughs> amazing career. Uh, good for him. Uh, but yeah, I was a little surprised that he didn't you know, come back for one more swing.
0: Yeah, absolutely with you on that one. But you kind of mentioned it here. They are still riding high in the Stanley Cup conversation. Now, as of today, right now, Here's where some of the odds lie. Hurricanes have now taking a jump as favor, fav, favors favorites at plus eight hundred. Uh, Maple leaves shortly behind them at a plus nine hundred. Devils tied with them at that plus nine hundred. Oilers at a ten to one. Avalanche ten to one. Vegas Golden Knights twelve to one. Rangers, Dallas Stars, Florida Panthers, Boston Bruins sit at that sixteen to one, and then the Tampa Bay Lightning at plus two thousand odds. Um. Which of these makes the most sense and the least sense to you?
1: Uh, well, you know what? Um, I, I, I will start with the least sense. That would be the Bruins even being in the conversation. Right? I just don't think they belong in there right now. Um, I do think the Lightning are going to be better than people think, though. Like, I, I looked over their lineup, and I know there's there's a number of, you know, names that were super important to that team, and they're missing now. They're gone. They're other places. But you still have a dynamic coach, like the coaching staff is always going to be good with Coop there. Um, You still have, in my opinion, the best goalie in the world. You still have an unbelievable top line. Um, So I would never—I'm not ready to write them off yet. Uh, But I'm also not ready to put them as my favorites either. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm also not ready to put the uh, the Maple Leafs in there yet. I mean, I know everyone wants to. Have a little coronation ceremony there. And honestly, <laughs> honestly, you know, like the Oilers, uh, like how did they change? I looked over their roster. They did nothing. Like they're just going to – I saw nothing. Basically, they're just going to roll the same team out again and hope for different results. Um
0: Which that's great that your power play is top in the league and that you've got two of the top scorers in the league. But their goaltending, I mean – Skinner didn't do that great. I I get it. He's young. He was fresh in, but still, they could not protect their net whatsoever, and they gave up games that should have been a lock in for them. So I'm I don't even get that on. No.
1: Matter. And what was that? Yep. Yeah, refresh my memory here. I, I kind of spaced out. Of course, that's what I do when I get old like this. Uh, <laughs> who was the, t- who were the who were the top two teams again?
0: So top two is Hurricanes at plus yep. eight hundred. Uh, Maple Leafs tie with the New Jersey Devils at plus nine hundred. Then you got the Oilers ten to one, tied with the Avalanche ten to one, and then come the Golden Knights at twelve to one odds.
1: So I'm gonna go out of that group. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Golden Knights. I know they oh. well. I know they're missing uh, Riley Smith, as we talked about. So that's gonna be mm-hmm. a big hole that they have to replace. But I, when I look at this team, they have not changed a whole lot other than Riley Smith. You know, like they're the same, and they got it done this past year, uh, fairly easily. Either I wouldn't say easy, but but they had a pretty good roll right to the the to the cup there. And I, mean, I thought that was going to be a lot better series, to be honest with you, the Stanley Cup final. And oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it, basically, it all turned when Kachuk. I got injured. That basically turned the whole series. So, I mean, it's hard to predict something like that going forward. Um, But I do, I just like the way they're constructed. I think they have Mm a solid decor. Um, You know, they're good enough from their forwards and their defense to where, I mean, their goalies aren't bad by any means. Um, No the like they, 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 they sort of proved what i think the blackhawks sort of proved back in the day when they won with anti-niemi anti Niemi was a, a nice goalie as well but he wasn't like patrick Wah, right it was like i always had this theory back then that, that the blackhawks were testing this thing out when they were young when the blackhawks were young and they were like you know rolling these cups and stuff their whole theory i thought was give us like a b plus goalie like a solid b to a b plus goalie and we'll give you like an a minus to an a plus rest of it and that's going to turn that b plus goalie into like an a minus a goalie, because they're going to play in front of them right because
0: of how and they're playing yep
1: I, and i feel like that that happened with the golden knights in this this la- like they had like six goalies that played for them last year and it didn't really matter because they were playing so well in front of whoever was in net. Now, Aiden Hill played great in the, in the cup final. All props to him. I'm glad he came back for them and all that. Um, and he'll be more experienced now and everything. But, like, I just like this team. I like the team a lot. Yeah. Love, and you know what? I'm one of the few guys, a uh, few people out here. I bang the drum for Jack Eichel. I think Jack Eichel is a hell of a player. I really do. And mm-hmm. I don't think he gets nearly enough credit. I still hear people to this day saying, "Well, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup, and they didn't didn't even have a good number one center." And I'm like, how? Uh,
0: <laughs> how Pat do you Knight say was, this?
1: He was drafted second overall. I mean, like he's a and st-
0: bounced back from a major injury. I think people forget, you know, the recovery process for him.
1: For sure. For sure. And, so, and and he's not old. He's like still in his mid-20s. So he comes back and, you know, Petrangelo, I love him as well. He's a, a great defenseman. Um, I just like their team. So of that group, I, I if I'm going to pick one, if I have to pick one, I'm going to pick them first, probably the Hurricanes second. Um, and then everyone else is kind of uh, all runs there. Oh, I boy. will say there, there, there's a team that's not in that group that if I were picking just out of the whole league and you asked me, you know, Brian, who's your cup favorite this year? For me, it's the Dallas Stars because oh. I, feel, I feel like the Dallas Stars, uh, they, they're they one of those teams that they did – another one, another team that didn't have to do a whole lot, but they did enough to get my attention. And one was – it was getting Matt Duchesne. And Matt Duchesne is another guy who gets pounded for, you know, Whatever reason he got traded out of Nashville. The thing with Duchesne is when he is motivated and he does want to win and all that kind of stuff, like he's a really good player still. And he can play wing, he can play center, he can he's a he, uh, he's a he's another piece that they didn't have. Like I would take him over. I would probably well. It's both, it's both. similar with Max Domi. You know, they had Domi last year. I thought Domi played pretty well for them as well. So they lose Domi and they replace him with Matt Duchesne. That's not a bad trade off. And I'm looking at the lines today. The, project, the projected lines. Their projected line has Tyler Sagan at center for their third line, and power play
0: uh, assassin.
1: Yeah, and right, and and Duchesne uh, on his wing, on the right wing, on the third line. Like, I can't tell you. I went through all the lines Say, on Daily – I like going through Daily Faceoff. Shout out to them because they do all the lines (laughs) and everything. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And and what's funny is before they kind of blew up into this thing everyone uses, like they were around and like sports writers were the only ones that knew about them, maybe a few fantasy fans. Because we wanted to know what everyone else's lines were going to be for that day, and they were doing a good job of like monitoring all the beat writers around the league, and they were like, and so they're always up to date. And I was like, oh, okay, it's, it's this. So anyway, I went through those today, and like, it, this is this is kind of funny. So I look at teams, and I'm like, if I can look at this lineup, and I'm like, I've never heard of that guy. I've never heard of that guy. I've never heard of that guy. I've heard of that guy. You know, like, so the teams that have players that you've heard of. They're typically the, the best teams in the league. And the ones that are like, they have four or five guys that are like, you've never heard of their name ever. It doesn't mean those are bad players. It just means they're unproven. And that you can kind of look at that team with some question marks. And I look at the stars and I don't see a lot of names that I don't know. I see a lot of names that I know who I like. And they also have a, a goalie who I think is like, if there's a goalie out there other than Hellebuck who can rival Vazzy, uh I Oof. I think it's Ottinger. I think Ottinger <laughs> has that ability. He is he's big, he's athletic, he's still young, he's still improving, and I think they have a pretty good defense as well. Uh so yeah. you know I like them.
0: You make a really great point. So they sit at 14 to 1 odds. They're uh two spots ahead of the Boston Bruins. So if people still have hope for the Bruins, then I think you make a solid case for the Dallas stars. And it's true. I mean, they have great leadership there. They have the playoff mode. I mean, I, we look at a lot of rosters and we see great names and that's fantastic, but you also need guys that can dial it up and play playoff hockey. And that's somewhere where the team of Bay lightning have edged out other teams beforehand, because we had the right veterans to carry these, te- these guys through playoffs um, and to make it count when it needed to count most. But let's talk a little Columbus blue jackets before we uh, wrap things up here. So. As you talked about and touched on a little bit here, it's the fact that Columbus Blue Jackets did end up picking up. They could have done well with either guy, but they got the guy, Adam Fentinelli. And I think that this was a big, big win for Columbus for a number of reasons. Um, The chemistry that'll already be there, the bromance that has already been established, the fact that somehow Ohio just keeps racking up on Michigan guys, but also I love this guy's size. I love his speed and I love the fact that he can be very physical when it matters most, create separation if somebody does catch up to him and it can be dangerous in this specific lineup. Uh, Talk about what fans should be most excited about heading into this upcoming season, especially regarding the roster and health being on you guys' side.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's, if you're looking for optimism, this is the season to do it, right? Because it literally can't get any worse than it can't get much worse than it did last year. A, uh, and then B is all those things you just mentioned. You have Fantilli coming in here. I know fans for sure are super excited about this pick, uh, about this this prospect, this kid coming in here. Um, you know that the guy has a really like high upside and that fans, are, like, when, when in Columbus, Ohio, where we already have a ton of Michigan guys, as you just mentioned, they, <laughs> they add yet another one onto the mix and people are like, he's the best one yet. This is amazing. You know, like, it's like they're excited about another Michigan guy coming in here in Columbus, Ohio. So I uh, <laughs> can tell you, you know, how, how, how excited and eager people are to see this guy play. I will say this at, at development camp, which, you know, immediately followed the draft, um, Adam Fantilli looked the part. Now it's development camp. It's summer hockey. It's, you know, there's no big hits and things like that going on. Um, but they did end up playing like a four on four, kind of like a prospect game to end it like on the third day. I think he had like four goals or something. I mean, he was, I, he looked the part. He's the, he was the only guy out there, that looked like an NHL player had stepped onto the ice to play with wow. the rest of the prospects. I mean, that was pretty impressive to see that um, he's got, he like, you know, as far as the media aspect, he, he does not look overwhelmed at all. So I think it's going to yeah, be a really exciting, I'm going to be interested in, 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 to see, you know, where he slots into Mike Babcock's plans. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Cause Babcock is a guy, obviously who, coached Austin Matthews in uh, Toronto. He had, uh, you know, obviously Mitch Marner, you know, there's that whole thing. Um, He had a a bunch of young guys there. So he has, he does have experience at working with elite young players um, and trying to get them to do the things that it takes to win hockey games. Um, It's interesting when you think about it, like he had, as I said, Matthews and Marner there here, he's going to have Fantilli. And he's also going to have Kent Johnson. And if you ever Kent Johnson play, he's very, very similar in build and style of play and everything else to Mitch Marner. Like, there are a lot of similarities there between those two guys. So he kind of has, like, a new version. I'm not going to say that that, um, Fantilli is... Um, you know, Austin Matthews, because I mean, that guy can shoot like unbelievable and, and Fantilli more of a two way guy and he can he can set plays up and everything. Honestly, the, the biggest player comp that people that I've always heard is he plays a lot like um, Fantilli plays a lot like McKinnon, you know, very straight at the you know, like he's he's vertical. He, he's going to take the puck to the net. He's going to try and like create wow. that way. Whereas, like, Leo Carlson, you know, who <clears throat> if the Ducks had taken Pantilli, the Jackets, I think, would have taken Carlson. Um, I love Carlson. I think Carlson's going to be a great player. But Carlson is more east-west. And they're both mm-hmm. big. Carlson's like six four or something. But he's got unbelievable hands. But he's more east-west. He's got his head up. He's trying to make pl- passes. I think he's a little bit like Elias Peterson, you know, from mm-hmm. uh, from Vancouver a little bit. Whereas this guy... Uh, Fantilli, he's, he's your true Canadian, you know, like he is big, he's strong, he's fast. He's got a good shot. He can pass, but yeah, he's going to be aggressive and take the puck to the net. So I think you're going to see that I'll be interested to see where he ends up in the lineup for Mike Babcock. But I think I touched on this. Oh, I did a little earlier. Like he's not the only reason that there's to be excited. Uh, If you look, if you look at the prospect pool for the blue jackets, it's loaded. They're absolutely like, like I remember talking to Yarmulkekelein, the GM. God, the, Well, you'll remember it is the trade deadline when um, they sent Savard down there to Tampa mm-hmm. Bay uh, for that yep. cup run, and they sent Felino to Toronto um, and he called it a reset at the time. We're, we're trying to reset the roster. We don't want it to be a full rebuild this and that, but the, this was the plan all along. It was the plan was they knew they were not going to be very good for a few years, but they didn't want it to lapse and go on like ten years. They didn't want it to be a terrible ten-year run. Um, mm-hmm. But this is how you do it. This, you you acquire a ton of talent in the draft, and then you develop them into your own guys, just like Tampa Bay did, and and became. What they have become a powerhouse. If you want to do that, this is the way you got to do it. And they've got look look at now the young guys. You got Fantilli. We just talked about him. You got Kent Johnson. Just talked about him. Um, Haven't talked about Cole Sillinger, who had a a down year last year, but as an 18-year-old rookie, had 16 goals in the league. Um, he's looking for a rebound, right? Uh, David Juracek drafted sixth, or yes, yeah, sixth overall in 22. He, I think, had the most points for a defenseman under the age of 20 in pro hockey, all pro hockey last year. And uh, wow. Denton Matejczyk was taken seven picks later in that draft. He he was like the captain for Moose Jaw and. Because of his age, he's a lot younger, and so he's not going to be eligible to come over if he doesn't make the NHL roster, so he's going to have to go back to junior. But he's, he's expected to dominate again and also be dominant at the World Juniors for Canada this year. I mean, just on and on. Stanislav Svozil, another young defenseman. He played with Connor Bedard last year and was like on the same wavelength a lot. You know, like like he, mm-hmm. he's going to be up here pretty soon. They just it just goes on and on and on with the young talent. And uh, you throw Gaudreau and Laine and you know <clears throat> all these other guys. Ed Boon Jenner's Jenner still around. Um, Zach Wierenski. They got pieces here. And so if you're looking for reasons to be excited, just look at the roster. Look at the ages. Look at the fact that you got a coach now uh, that has taken this stuff before and won with it. He's got recipe to win. And, you know, let's see what happens this year. So I think uh, I think there's there's a lot of reason to be excited in Columbus this year.
0: You know, between the song choice and that, I really think that it'd be impossible for fans not to get fired up because as I, the, the recipe here is very simple. Youth and a coach that knows how to make this, uh, emphasize this youth's skill set and make it play in favor. So plenty to look forward to there. I stick with don't tread on me. You've got Kent Johnson, who was not talked about enough. Whatsoever. Um, The guy had like over 30 high danger shot chances throughout the season and knew how to create some turnovers of his own and knew how to create rebounds, which is very crucial. So, a lot of unique skills, versatile skills, and youthful skills that uh, Babcock will hopefully turn around for the best for the upcoming season. Brian, I can't thank you enough for joining me yet again here on Casey the League and bringing your just pure light and excitement and joy and, of course, knowledge about. The best sport out there, which is the National Hockey League. Guys, be sure to follow Brian to keep up to date with all things for the Columbus Blue Jackets and hockey because he just knows it all. And also follow Casing the League. That's with a K and at the sports case, K A S E. You have just caught the first episode back for the upcoming season of Casing the League on the League Network. And until next time, guys.